It's time for the What in the Podcast. Tonight we're going Hollywood, literally. Anastasia Elfman is an actor, dancer, musician, and all-around creative who fits in with our particular brand of creepy. We're going to sit down with Anastasia and find out what life is like in Hollywood and the horror industry. Welcome to episode 127 of What in a Podcast. Welcome to the What in the Podcast with your hosts, Kent Whittington and Adriana Mito and Tracy Lynn Hernandez. Hello and welcome to the What in the Podcast. Hello. I got a good hello. Is it because we're missing somebody tonight? No. No? Just because. Awesome. Because I'm in a good mood and yeah. And I've been excited since last week when we found out about this. And it's such a rarity when Adri gets excited. <laughs> what can I say? I'm jaded. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I'm kidding. We are we are sorry to announce though that Tracy will not be with us tonight. She has a, a grandbaby doctor appointment. Grandbaby, that's the best way to put it. Yeah, grandbaby doctor appointment. So she's helping with that tonight. She she sends a regard to all of our listeners. And we'll be back with us next time we record. Um, Hopefully. Which is really sad because she missed out on a really good interview tonight. Yeah, and she's probably sad about it. So I'm sorry, Tracy. Don't kick yourself in the head, though. You, you and enjoy listening to you it. You didn't nerf it, but we'll, we'll be doing something again like this really soon, I hope. And anyway, we have her back on again. Yeah, you never, never know. know. Anyway, without, without further ado, we should probably just get into it. We had... Uh, uh, as I mentioned on our last podcast, we got an uh, interview with Anastasia Elfman. Uh, she is amazing. Amazing. She's an amazing <laughs> actress and uh, a burlesque, burlesque a glory dancer. Burlesque. Uh, she works on production. She she does it she all. Does horror basically. makeup. That's yeah. how she started, I think, in the industry. Yeah, she does it all. Um, I'm going to read her. Uh, any bio that I found on IMDb for people who don't know who she is. Uh, she was raised, uh, it's Anastasia Elfman is her name. She's raised in Laguna Beach, California. The daughter of former Marines, Anastasia grew up with classical cello and ballet, juxtaposed with weekends and Marine youth camp. Anastasia continued with ballet and subsequent acting with the South Coast Repertory Company, studied with the Stella Adler Academy and various comedy workshops. She presently works as a stage and screen actress, director, dancer, choreographer, and burlesque artist. Wow. That's a lot. She used to do the makeup, yeah. Yep. She... she lives in the Hollywood Hills with husband Richard Elfman, whom she is collaborating with on music, dance projects, and an upcoming horror film. They also are known for their un underground food and wine performance salon, the Barbecue Bacchanals. And this has to be true because it was written by Richard. It has to be true because Richard wrote it. Richard wrote it, yeah. <laughs> He's tooting his wife's horn, which is great. No, so, that's good. Yeah. So without further ado, let's just get into the interview. 
So ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to the woman of a thousand faces, Hollywood-based avant-garde performance artist and horror actress, Anastasia Elfman. Hello, Anastasia. How are you tonight? Hello. Hello. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Oh, we're fine. How, we're, how about you, dear? We're good. Yeah, we're good. I, it's been, it's been a, we've been very excited since we heard you were coming on. So, uh, our, our, our other co-host, uh, she's, at a doctor's appointment with her grandbaby, her first grandbaby tonight, so she had, she couldn't uh, couldn't be with us tonight. But she, but she she wants she, she wanted wants to, to be say here. hello, and and she's sorry she couldn't be here. But anyway, well, congratulations on the new baby. Yeah. So before we begin, I, I wanted to uh, say that the whole how we got together on this is you actually we've been friends on Facebook for a while. Hadn't really communicated with each other though, but you had posted a story where you were talking about how nobody was wanting to do interviews, podcast interviews, film interviews, whatever, and 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 other things. I forget what I forget what the whole thing was, but it was you sounded really bummed out. So it's like I want to talk to this woman and see if <laughs> see if she'd be willing to come on and talk about you know all that and then you know about yourself and and your in the industry and stuff like that so you know it was nice to i actually was able to get a hold of you and have this conversation so yes so so would you like to elaborate on that whole thing oh sure and 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 thank you for the the kind invitation i'm so happy to be here um it's our pleasure um, well basically it's kind of (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of like um, Hollywood's been shut down since the strikes. Mm-hmm. And so that's obviously affected everybody whose jobs are to do with film and entertainment and promotion because we've all been, you know, kind of held up with all of this. Um, so it's obviously affected in shows that do interviews and you know, podcasters who are generally interviewing the actors and the directors and everything to promote their films. And so that's affected because I'm an avid podcast listener. I listen to a a bunch of my favorite horror podcasts like Postmortem with Mick Garris and The Boo Crew, um, to name a couple. And, you know, like their episodes have been kind of been on hold lately just because they don't have any guests to interview mm-hmm. and so it just kind of um made sense to start bringing actors on who actually are fans of the genre who are fans of horror and they don't have to i totally get not to promote you know said films that they're in but it, it would be interesting now's the time to kind of get to know actors on a deeper level mm-hmm. you know if if they happen to be fans not not every actor is a fan of even movies you know or tv shows but you know in my case i'm a huge avid classic film you know pre-code horror i i i love it all so yeah, so I just got a little frustrated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's a lot of opportunities, and a lot of my friends, you know, were all like kind of monster kids and avid horror fans. So it's, you know, just tapping into that. It's kind of an exciting time to be able to talk about this kind of stuff. 
Mm-hmm. So that actually brings up my next question. What was it that, uh, that inspired you to work in the horror industry? Oh, what inspired me? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it all, everything's kind of just been fate with me. I, I, I grew up, um, in the theater. I'm a classically trained ballerina since age three. And I, I had kind of a vaudeville-esque, um, childhood performing mm-hmm. and, you know, I went to school for acting at Stella Adler, which is like a prominent school for acting. And I just kind of fumbled into doing effects okay. behind the camera, foam fabrication, creature effects, set design, prop design, costuming, all of that kind of stuff. And then it just, you know, I've always been an actor. So it just all kind of, I don't know it all joins like it's all fluid for me so you just kind of jumped in with both feet then into the industry so to speak yeah and i grew up a huge fan of horror so it's just it's always been my universe it's always been my world mm-hmm. you know to play around with either in front of the camera on stage mm-hmm. uh or behind the camera you know uh, the films that i'm doing now with my husband i i also do second unit um makeup and costuming and stuff when we have pickup days so i'm just kind of always creating Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if that answers that (laughs) yeah it does um now from what i've seen from from your from your bio on imdb you almost went the other route and became a marine is that correct Um, well, or did not I read that for wrong? me, no, but okay. my parents were both, uh, career Marines and okay. their parents were both in the military. So I kind of like grew up, uh, like a, a Marine or brat, let's say. Um, and then I was, my parents put, besides doing dance and theater and everything, um, they put me in a youth group that was like a military youth group. So it's kind of like ROTC, mm-hmm. but like on the weekends. And so I got to have incredible, <laughs> maybe not always safe experiences like rappelling off of cliffs and going to different military bases. And uh-huh. I'm like SEER training and FEMA certified. I like any, if there's a disaster in Hollywood, I can help out. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So um, you got a little discipline on top of your your acting chops too. So that, I'm sure oh, that yeah. helped. No, definitely. I mean, I, I grew up with Marine parents that were just, you know, no sass, kind of like do what you're told stuff. And then, uh, of course, with my ballet training, you know, mm-hmm. they're That's not the messing point. around. <laughs> you're highly so, disciplined. Yeah, I, I'm a tough cookie. Definitely. So, um so now you said you dance as a, you've done ballet. You do burlesque also though, right? I do. Yes. I mean, my version of burlesque isn't um, classic. It's more, it's hard to explain. It, it, I guess the easiest way would be if David Lynch created, it did burlesque <laughs> <laughs> designed a show. That would be kind of what I do. I do dark gory, primal, almost like Butoh dancing, uh, horror burlesque with a lot of like, you know, I do, I do effects makeup. So I like to, I like to hide gags inside my costume and I like to bleed everywhere and 
blood coming out of my mouth at the end. But I have, I, I have different versions of that. I have comedy versions, which are on point ballet shoes uh, with balloons, and uh, it's called Pop the Nurse. Mm -hmm. That has different variations. Uh, I do that, and then I do other stuff that's more dark and like demon-esque and in front of a fireplace, just like just all over the place stuff. But yes, technically, I guess it's burlesque because I take clothes off. <laughs> okay. So now you talked a little bit about how you got into the genre. Um, what would you say triggered your, your interest in it in the first place? I mean, uh, you, you said you were a bunch of, you a bunch of horror kids growing up. Were you watching a lot of horror films? Were you just really deep into it like that? Or did well, something inspire I, you? Yes. I, I had a very strange childhood. Um, I, I wasn't allowed to play video games or anything. My parents were both, you know, Marines, but mm -hmm. they also were kind of hippies. So it's like two things like fighting against each other constantly. And so I, in my, they both loved um, the cinema and, and classic films and stuff. So I, I grew up watching a lot of like, like silent films, classic films. I was introduced to so many things so early, obviously horror probably before I was, it was a different time <laughs> before I was ready. Um, but I've lost the question. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, what, 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 well, was, what was the thing that inspired you to get into horror? I mean, I don't know. I, oh. I, I feel like it's just always been a part of my life. I don't know if there was one thing that like, triggered it i've always been drawn to horror just because of the the freedom there is in horror for 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 acting for creating you know there's not there's there's not you create your own rules let's say there's not any like human rules you know mm -hmm. so you have such a freedom and especially like for women there's so many interesting roles to play Okay, cool. Yeah, um, and and not just the damsel in distress or anything like that. I'm sure you know your your latest project, no. Bloody Bridget. You are definitely not the damsel in distress. <laughs> are you the knife wielding maniac in that one? I'm asking because I don't I haven't seen anything on it yet. Oh, for my my newest film, Bloody mm -hmm. Bridget. Mm -hmm. uh, am I am I a maniac? Kind of. I mean, she's a righteous maniac. Let's say she she's a. Uh... <laughs> she righteously spills blood. She's a she's a demon vampire who goes after very very bad people. Oh, I like that. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> so so basically, we let them be very bad, and then she seeks the uh, her revenge after them. And basically, she she catches them and she pins them down and. I stick my hands into their chest and beat out uh, and grab their beating heart and eat it right in front of them as they die. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> While I'm scolding them about how bad they are. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. So, um, so you've done several projects. Which one was your favorite? Ooh, what was my favorite? Pro I mean, I guess I have to say Bloody Bridget. Okay. <laughs> I fair. mean, anything that I work with, uh, my husband, Richard, Ricky, 
anything I, I work with him mm-hmm. is my favorite. But I guess right now, Bloody Bridget is is the newest one. So I'm going to say that. <laughs> okay. So what's it like working with Rich? With uh, Richard, I'm sorry. Oh, no problem. What's it like working with him? Mm-hmm. With your Great. husband. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, not all working relationships I mean, between husbands and wives are great, you know. So, you know. <laughs> but it looks like you guys have a lot of fun. So, you know, that's why we ask. Yeah. I mean, we're constantly creating. We, we do we do a lot of projects. Most, most of, I would say like 99% of the projects that we've done since we've gotten together have been together. So that's helpful. Mm-hmm. And we're both creative. So we understand that process and give each other whatever space we need like he likes to focus when he's writing so i'll wait until he's done writing to ask him certain you know Mm -hmm. and then he'll give me space and take over parental duties when i need to like you know figure out a scene or something like that so i don't we work really well together that's good i mean i feel i feel like on if you're talking about like on set is great too because i think we're both very supportive of each other's instruments and and the the craft that we put into it and we we have discussions beforehand so we kind of know what's going on Mm -hmm. you know and we're both really supportive of each other you know so that i don't know he's my favorite person so okay (laughs) i can relate working with him (laughs) um how did you meet him if you don't mind my asking oh no um how did we meet well we're both you know, in film. And at the time when I met him, I was working at an effects house and he needed, well, I mean, there's the long version and the short version. I got time. The short version is we have mutual <laughs> friends and the longer version is that he needed an effects artist for uh, a project. And I obviously volunteered as tribute <laughs> and and I guess he fell in love with me in the makeup chair. <laughs> well, that's great. That's a, that's yeah. a cool, that's an awesome story. It's better than our story. I know. Yeah. <laughs> our story wasn't, it was rocky to begin with. Yes, so, uh, <laughs> so I, we, I like your story better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, well, I was a huge fan of, of, of his. So I was familiar with him mm-hmm. going in and, you know, and, Everybody loves me when they meet me, so you're very easy. <laughs> you're very vivacious and bubbly. You come across really, and in, in a good way, not a bad way. <laughs> so, oh, thank you, thank you. Some people like say that it's annoying when people. I, I think you're you're very. I don't want to use the word perky because that's just a word I don't like. Um, <laughs> but you're, I, you're, I just had some coffee, so I might be a little extra perky, and I am sorry. <laughs> oh no, no, I just that's don't okay, like so using we. the word. So no, we just had our coffee from Dutch Brother, so. We're happy. Oh, oh, I love my Dutch brothers. I anyway. Yeah, yeah, besides the point, Dutch brothers, but I but just like you said, no, you you're you're very easy to talk to. You're, okay. that's what I meant by that. You're you're easy to talk to. You're friendly. You're you're bubbly, but not like overly. So does that make sense? Am I yeah, putting my foot in my mouth again? Completely. <laughs> no, that's such a wonderful, kind thing to say. Thank you. So. You talked a little bit about the SAG after strike here in the beginning. Um, has it really made it really difficult? I mean, in what way, if you don't mind my asking? 
Um, and in what way in general or in what way for me personally? Personally, I think. Personally, personally. I, think, yeah. I like that part. I was thinking of that as you're asking the question. I mean, you're talking about, you know, you're losing roles. You're, you're not getting work. Um, I'm sure your insurance is affected by all this and everything. So, yeah, yeah. Just how is that affecting you in general? Well, I mean, right now, the, 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 well, first of all, we completely support actors and writers getting what they deserve and we support the strike mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and, and all of that stuff. And so, you know, it's, this is how it is for creatives. Um, you know, there's feast and there's famine. So we're all used to this kind of stuff and we all pull together. So, I mean, anything that I've ever been on or been involved with, it's always been a, a strong community effort, you know, low budget horror genre stuff. It always is, you know, to get anything made, it's, it's a miracle in general, especially that kind of, those kind of films. But um, for us personally, you know, we just had our film completed, Bloody Bridget, and it just started, it had, in the beginning of the strike, it just started a, a its a festival run. So that kind of got put on hold and we actually had to um, cancel because we we generally, when we can, we like to fly out to wherever it's um, screening in a festival and I'll do a live pre-show. Ricky will do some kind of a, a an aspect of the show and we'll go, we'll do a Q&A, we'll you know, have a party with everybody. So it's like a full kind of like experience for fans to get when they come, you know, to our screenings. And so we actually had to cancel one in Miami uh-huh. just because, uh, yeah, yeah, which was sad because, you know, like everybody was looking forward to it. But obviously um, at that point it just made sense. But um, okay. so it kind of like put a, that kind of stuff, like promotion and that stuff on hold. But recently we just um, got um, – our interim agreement and so SAG SAG AFTRA um, have actually been encouraging us to bring our film out on the the festival circuit again and to like start to like heavily promote it so that's really great that we have that support from SAG Mm -hmm. um, to do that so now everything's kind of back on schedule we're we're going out we've got our festivals lined up and we're you know starting to promote it again. So, and hopefully this is all, you know, hopefully there's a resolution that's good for, you know, everybody, the creators and the actors, definitely, <laughs> you know, and we can get back to doing what we love, you know, cause like this is at least for me, this is, this is what I do. This is my life. You know, this is my passion. Right. So it'd be nice to get out <laughs> get out there again. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So now you and Rick, you've got a, um, you have a salon called the Barbecue Bacchanals. I'm not familiar with that. Would you mind telling us about it? Yes, we do. We have a, well, we live <laughs> in Hollywood under the Hollywood sign and we have a fun underground art salon and barbecue um, every so often. And it's a very hot ticket in the underground. And we invite people over. They get to have, well, I mean, without giving too much away, they get to have 
Ricky's amazing barbecue. He's a grill master, very famously. And uh, maybe they're treated to a little performance from me. Sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. It's a, it's a fun time. And uh, I mean, the performances change around sometimes. But for the most part, it's been uh, me and my friend, the talented singer Morgan Sorn of Sorn. And we do, we do a very interesting, dark dark burlesque on my side performance um he he's a brilliant singer who has five octave range and he's incredible in the way that he um he records himself and loops and then harmonizes and builds these like soundscape songs of his and it's all done live and it's just, it's a very moving, very primal experience, I would say. Sounds, to witness. <laughs> sounds scintillating, definitely. <laughs> I would, yes, it's, it's fun. We've done, we've, we've also done it for, uh, there's a wonderful um, genre festival called the area <laughs> film night which support women directors and genre and uh we host their um their party for the the directors and we hosted we've hosted it at the house a few times so we had all these wonderful talented women of like 25 of them um these talented women in in horror and genre uh we had them over for dinner and we surprised them with a, a performance and it was just the best time to support that film festival. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I get in trouble by Tracy if I didn't ask this question. Um, she's very curious to know what it's like coming into the Elfman family. Um, she says she assumes there's a lot of support between, you know, all the talent in the family. Uh, has that helps you with your inspirations and things like that? Oh man. Yes. Well, I, I, I was a fan of all of them before entering and being welcomed into the family. Um, so they've always inspired me. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, everybody is incredibly kind and nice and supportive. I mean, we also give, you know, it's it's like, it's family. So not everybody wants to talk shop all the time. And I'm kind of a film nerd. So I have to like periodically <laughs> ask things uh -huh. or, or find out information or, or I get to fangirl out whenever Danny has uh, live performances. Like he just, he just had uh, two sold out uh, concerts mm -hmm. in, in SoCal, one in um, Chula Vista or San Diego area and then one in Irvine. And it was an incredible uh, concert that covered his, um, Boingo Boingo, his film scores, and uh, his new album, Big Mess, which I'm completely obsessed with. And so it was kind of a, a career-spanning evening, and it's just, it's mind-blowing and soul-changing as a fan to go to these 
shows and I highly recommend it to anybody listening. If you're a fan of anything that Danny's ever done, which is like an immense list, I would definitely go see him live. And he also has a coming up. Uh, Danny has a nightmare before Christmas show at the Hollywood bowl that he does where he has a full orchestra and they perform, um, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, I've actually performs seen, the songs live. Yeah, I've seen clips from some of the previous ones. Yeah, seen, I've seen clips on some of the previous ones on YouTube. They are incredible. They're incredible. Just even to not watching live, them on the screen. I, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So imagine being there and how wonderful. I mean, I when I um, it was kind of like when I first met him. He wasn't really doing these live shows at all. You know, like obviously the doing amazing scores and obviously the Oingo Boingo history and the Mystic Knights history, but he wasn't performing live. Mm -hmm. And then he started doing the, the, um, what was it? It was first, uh, an evening of like Tim Burton. So he was doing different things like from Batman with like an orchestra and pictures and, and pieces of the films. Um, and so just like different things, Mars Attacks, all the kinds, all the films that he did, sampling music and songs from Tim Burton, the works that he's done with Tim Burton. And then that kind of snowballed into doing the special um, live to picture for the Nightmare Before Christmas concert at the Hollywood Bowl. And they've been, I think we, he did one at the Bank of California a couple of years ago, but I, I personally prefer, prefer the experience at the bowl. It's kind of a, you know, a more intimate experience, I think, but wherever people see it, it's always wonderful. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, but yeah, so, so anyways, I think my train of thought was that <laughs> it's so special to see him perform live. It, it's kind of like, I, I, I never thought that we were going to get that again. And especially the Oingo Boingo stuff. I never thought that I would be able to witness that live. So if you're a fan, it's it's very special. I I am. am. We're big fans of his. So, you know, we are big fans of his. Uh, (laughs) Have been for years. Perfect. Then you you understand how special it is. I I feel like shouting it from the rooftop. Like, do you guys understand how incredibly special this is? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I, you know, I got to give props to Danny because he is an incredibly talented artist. I mean. Oh, yeah. Not only Oingo Boingo, but his composing, you know, just. All that stuff in general, he, his tours, his concerts, he just, he's, he does it all. Yes. I, I wonder how he ever has time just to sit and take a break sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, as you know, I'm, I'm very, very biased, but he, he's a genius. Mm-hmm. And I, I, if you think about it, it's like he literally created the, the theme for Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, What? <laughs> Like when you think of Batman, you know, when you're not thinking of the 60s version, when you're thinking of Batman, you're thinking of his theme, you know, it's just, it's just, it's incredible to me, just the talent that he has. Right. And the things also that like nobody's heard, like I've heard versions of, of, um, score that he does for our films, like in, uh, Ricky's sci-fi comedy, Aliens, Clowns, and Geeks, there are things that haven't been released, but genius genius level stuff and there's he also um scored uh our upcoming horror comedy bloody bridget with our friend ego plum who is 
a genius in his own right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's incredible work there that that he's come up with. And we're just so lucky. <laughs> Definitely. But, you know, I, it, not to, not to, not to, uh, not just Danny. I mean, you and you and Rick are busy all the time in your own lives too. I bet. Yes, yes, we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, y'all. You know, I. I the whole family is. I very... look at what you're doing, and it's just you're you're always doing something. It looks like you just you guys just have your hands in a lot of pots. I mean, Rick himself. Uh, I mean, he created the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> I remember yeah. I remember seeing them the first time on the Gong Show back in the seventies. <laughs> you're was, you're, was you're aging but yourself I, here. I, I age myself <laughs> on this all the time, so I'm you know. But I mean, you know, I thought it was great stuff. It was silly at first, you know, and it's, but it was a lot of fun. And you know, Rick seems like a really fun guy too. So you know, it's great to see that he's still in the industry, still doing stuff. You guys are very busy, except yeah. for the, aside from when you guys, when there isn't the strike and we aren't knocking the strikers or anything like that. We just know it affects, it's affecting everybody. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yes. Yes. I, I mean, we're, we're also parents, so we're always busy <laughs> in the family and everything like that. But yeah, I mean, we're always creating, uh, I, I love doing live performances, um, you know, booking things at all, like whenever there's an event, it always takes so much time behind the scenes to get all, you know, you know how it is to get the ball rolling. I did probably with your podcast, you've got to have this back and forth with guests. Oh, he's constantly <laughs> you know, doing research. And... It, it, it's the same all the way around. Oh yeah. You know? oh, yeah. No, I wheel and deal on a regular basis. <laughs> Processing of commercial information is complete. Back to the show. So I wanted to ask you, you know, the strike affect you. How did COVID affect you guys when it hit? I mean, we hear we hear the stuff, you know, over the news and, and over the entertainment wires and things like that. But on a personal level, how did COVID affect you guys? Hmm. How did COVID affect us? <sighs> Well, I mean, not being able to do our salons and do, I mean, out here in, in LA and Hollywood, we would go to a lot of horror events and screenings. So that was kind of hard, not seeing our friends as much and not having people over. Mm-hmm. Um, on the home front, we're all kind of homebodies anyway. I mean, we have these like wild uh, public personas, but at home with family we're just we just like to hang out you know and watch watch shows discuss different things um so it's kind of normal in that kind of way uh because we both ricky and i both work from home a lot of the time unless we're like going to set or going to a rehearsal so we're kind of used to being around each other i think the biggest thing for me was just getting used to having our daughter around all the time and realizing how much I valued uh, her having time at school for me to have alone time, if that makes sense, you know, like having, not being on mommy duty all the time. So that was kind Mm -hmm. of, I don't even know how people with kids, I don't know how they were creative at all. I, you know, I, I struggled being creative during that time, you know, like doing anything on social media, 
other than little silly like uh Twin Peaks memes or something mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> but um at that time in 2020 we were just starting to get Bloody Bridget going uh so that kind of slowed down pre-production and then we ended up I guess you know we had um the protocols when we were in production for Bloody Bridget so we had to do masks for everybody on set, we had a test. And the thing with uh, that project, we self-financed everything. It's a completely indie film. Mm -hmm. uh, we, Ricky and I love the genre. We love filmmaking. We love cinema so much that we put, you know, our own money and we financed the, the whole thing ourselves. And with the help of like, friends and family and talented friends, uh, we were able to make this, um, you know, with their talents coming on board. But um, luckily, no, we all got, because, um, you know, every day we have to test, we would have to test on set. Uh, but luckily, we were fine and COVID free because if uh, Ricky like to say, if we, you know, tested positive, it would have totally stalled stopped the production and i don't know if we would have gotten to pick it back up you know because it's all self-financed you know oh yeah yeah so I it's like that. you know we would have lost out on on the stage that we were filming on the crew everything it's like we just had enough to get it in the can mm -hmm. you know and so we had our that and then luckily i mean good and bad for COVID is kind of like festivals weren't really happening. So that kind of gave us time to have a longer um, post-production. We, we did post-production for about a year. Um, so just juggling between our, the, our friends uh, who worked on the film that a lot of them are coming from studio projects. So like being able to juggle in between their schedules and like Danny's schedule and Ego's schedule uh, to make it work so that they can, you know, collaborate on the project too. So that was kind of a little bit of a positive, let's say, so that we could, uh, everything was a little bit stalled so that we could like hit the ground running once festivals started um, going, picking back up. Because our previous film, which was a um, kind of an absurd uh, sci-fi comedy, Aliens, Clowns, and Geeks, that one came out was released during COVID. And so that didn't get a festival run. And so it kind of flew under the radar a little bit with fans and everything. So uh, that that one was a little tough, but that's gonna be coming out for like fun, like event screenings and stuff. So, so, there'll so be yeah, so there'll be we're some gonna get on there. the back end, yeah. Definitely, cool. So yeah, the reason I asked that is because for us, we actually started the podcast during COVID. And where a lot Amazing. of people, where a lot of people were isolated and couldn't do the things they would do, we found the podcast to just be a, a great outlet for that because we really didn't have to be around anybody. We could do phone interviews. <laughs> we could do phone interviews. We could do things like that. Keep so. people safe, but still talk to people. Yeah, and so lots of research. Totally so. the opposite. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's the perfect setup, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. So, since we are talking to a horror actress, I wanted to ask you some questions about the genre. Particularly, what is your favorite genre of horror? Oh, <laughs> well, that's kind of a hard one mm -hmm. because I am 
a huge super fan of genre films. I mean, ooh, I love... It just depends on the mood. I don't think I have a particularly favorite one. I love supernatural horror, like The Uninvited. Mm -hmm. I love gateway horror, like Hocus Pocus or Gremlins or Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, You know, things that I can watch with our daughter or with with our grandkids or, you know, nieces and nephews. You you know what I mean? Like, I love love sharing horror with, with the young people, let's say. I love horror comedies. Uh... Let's say like Beetlejuice or, or Death Becomes Her, which in my book is a, is a perfect film. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I love pre-code horror. I love uh, Freaks. I love anything with uh, Lon Chaney Sr. in it. Um, I love practical effects or puppet-driven um, genre films like uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, uh, Wolf. Um, let's see. American Werewolf in London, Santa Sangre, uh, Suspiria, The Howling. I, I, I love those kind of like gritty, oh, the, the Witches of East, Eastwick, ones that have like these like, um, you know, it's like gritty. And for me, because I have effects makeup, um, you know, background, for me, it's like hard to, to watch while eating. I always have to eat. I have to always hurry up and eat before we start one of these films because it's just like very gross to me <laughs> i can relate to that that's fair yeah I, I like you this, know like... you get like for me it's kind of like being around all of those like the latex and the bondo like i get those fumes back and it's just like ugh. Yeah, so, everything, <laughs> so everything you see is a callback to that basically oh yeah but you know i i, I yeah or, or or like uh you know, the taste of the, the stage blood, mm-hmm. you know, that those, those whiffs come back. I love doing it. I love, those are my favorite kind of parts where it's like, you know, where I can just tear something open or I'm like, you know, just like blood everywhere. But when I'm watching, it's like, I have to, <laughs> we have a, we have a, um, what do you call it? The Alamo draft house just a couple of years ago, I guess right before COVID and then they had to, you know, obviously with COVID had to be shut down, but um, Alamo draft house in downtown LA is our favorite theater. And they do, you know, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but they have like where they have reclining seats and you can order food and drinks. But like, I'm always cautious when we go to like a scary movie, I always have to like hurry up and eat. <laughs> Yeah, we we do have a theater out here like that, so uh, yeah, I can I can I can get that. Um, so, what would you say is your favorite horror movie? Your uh, most your most favorite, and, and why? I yeah, and why? <sighs> I like this question. Man, it's hard. I mean, it's so hard. It's so hard because it's like it's all it's, it's all so it's all so difficult because I love different horrors for different reasons. I mean. Oh, ooh. does anybody just have one? I don't know. I, don't. I mean, I love, I mean, one of the first horror films I watched was 1944's The Uninvited. And I love that one so much. It's just very eerie. It's also funny. There's comedy elements. Um, the effects are incredible That's what for the time. For. You know, it's a classic black and white kind of ghost story. I don't know if you've guys seen it, but if not, please watch. 
Uh, if you love classic horrors. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah. I also, I also love, uh, you know, I love child's play. I love Chucky. That one gets me. I love those. Um, what else do I love? I, I, was that your I first favorite thing. horror movie? I love the thing. <laughs> I love those effects. I love the story. I love the the simplicity. Well, it isn't simplistic. I I love the score. The use of score in that film. It's so important. Um, I'm sorry, I cut somebody off. You're fine. I was just going to ask if the last, the first one you talked about was your first favorite horror movie. The first one that that just caught you. The Uninvited. The uninvited. The, the uninvited. I mean, it's hard to say. I don't because I was exposed to so many. I don't have a. I don't have a strong, like, memory. I do remember watching. Um, uh, there was a whole big, kind of expose on, on what was it? The thriller and like Michael Jackson and what he was doing. All of those music videos where there were almost like little movies where they yes. were like stop motion with a bunny and you know like i remember seeing that um and being and like figuring out like oh so this is a job i could do this you know because it was kind of like growing up i wanted to do everything i watched jurassic park i wanted to be an explorer i wanted to be a paleontologist i watched a certain movie i wanted to be that and then i'm like oh wait a second, I want to be so many things. I could just be an actress and get to do all of these mm -hmm. things, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I don't, I don't have right now. I don't think I have like an exact, I mean, I grew up on a lot of pre-code horror. So I, I do have um, another question that <laughs> it's okay to ask. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Okay. I'm rambling about my No, love. no, you're totally fine. <laughs> no, no, you're no, fine. no, you're fine. I just wanted to ask uh, what your take on cheesy horror is, because I like a little bit of everything. And, um, like, my sister's favorite movie is a cheesy horror movie. It's Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, where you, or two, where you can see the little, the trucks that they're sit the tomatoes are sitting on. Oh, or Killer love, Clowns from I Outer love, Space, like, cheesy, cheesy movies. Yeah, I, I love cheesy or campy stuff as well. I mean, our film's kind of a little campy um, in a way. Uh, Bloody Bridget, which is fun. You know, I love those broad stroke films. I love Evil Dead. Uh, what else? I mean, you know, I, I love those kind of films. I, I, I love, I love uh, yeah, kind of campy horror. I mean, I guess does death become becomes her does that count i don't know yeah no that does count know. it's campy they're they're women that can't die anymore <laughs> well, it doesn't yeah <laughs> i mean it's it, to me that's probably maybe one of my favorite i guess because i can watch it over and over again uh and, and our daughter loves it too so i've kind of brainwashed her into <laughs> <laughs> watching it with me you know it's like some for me as a mother it was kind of like some parents are a slave to their children and have to watch like Dora the Explorer or something like that. No, I, I, I believe that like, you know, you get a chance to kind of like, you know, show kids classic films and raise them right on these kind of things. So like, she's always been a fan of, of these kind of films. I mean, you know, it wouldn't appropriate. There's a couple scenes in Death Becomes Her that I have to fast forward a little bit, but you know, 
same with like Beetlejuice and things like that. But um, yeah, I, I think it's important to expose kids to these kind of things and have them know, you know, horror history. I mean, but we're also a family of entertainers. So, you know, that just kind of might be my parenting style. Definitely. I think we, kind I, of we do the soul. same thing with the, with these kids. We've, ex, ex, uh, we've, uh, expose them to random things that normally kids wouldn't be exposed to. And there's some things we don't let them watch in these movies, but yeah. So um, another question. Yeah. Um, wh- how do you feel about like psychological thriller horror movies? Like you're not sure if they're crazy or like the haunting, like the, the haunting. haunting. You're not sure if the people are crazy or if it's really happening, that kind of stuff. Are you talking oh, about the original I one? Love there? Yeah, the I, original. I love them. I mean, my favorite. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the gore stuff, the gory stuff too. But sometimes a good psycho, psychological, thr- not psycho, psychological thriller. Yeah. I can talk really. I can't. A good thriller that messes with your head. Messes with your head. You're not yes. sure. I love stuff like that. So, h- how do you feel about it? Yeah, I love it too. The, I mean, I love all kinds of uh, genre and horror. Uh, the only things that I don't find myself watching a lot is like the kind of like torture. Oh, yeah. I, I I don't watch those very often. Um, I mean, you know, like I've seen Saw, those kind of things, but I don't like oh. rewatch it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have over all and of over them. again. It's kind of like I'll, I'll I'll watch it for the experience, but um, it's it's not my favorite like sub genre sub area for for me personally. I kind of like I like a different version, but yeah, I love psychological. Or I love not knowing. My favorite experiences with watching films, especially new films, is to avoid any. I'll even not like um, listen to podcasts just in case they're gonna do a spoiler or something like that. I like to know nothing going in. Like when we uh, saw, what was it? Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on, I'm blanking on the name, and I shouldn't because I'm friends with the guy who played Mother, but. Um, what was that new horror film? Um, oh gosh, I'm gonna blank. It starts with a B, and it's about like a basement. Is this making sense, or am I crazy? Mm, I'm a little lost on we're, that. We're one, a little afraid. lost. We're not up to date with everything horror like we oh, should okay. be. Okay, it was like a year ago, <laughs> and I'm blanking. Oh gosh, I don't even know how to look it up. My dyslexia. Um, What's your friend's name? Somebody listening would know. But anyways, I, I like to go into, like, films knowing nothing. And I like to learn as I go. Like, mm-hmm. that kind of experience. I don't even want to see a trailer. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are like that. Because, like, I notice a lot of times with trailers, it's like, now to try to get the audience to come, they're showing the monsters in the trailer. And I don't want to see the monster there. I want to find out in the film. Well, even you know, worse I want something to be kept a secret. Yeah, well, even worse <laughs> than that, when they show a trailer, sometimes what you see is the stuff they put on the cutting room floor. So it's not even in the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, where's where's that certain scene? I didn't see that at all. Yeah, exactly. exactly. They, they just cut okay. it, put it in the trailer, but they cut it from the film completely. Oh, yeah. I hate when they do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So now, the worst. now this is the question that, that will tell us whether or not you're our kind of people. You already are, but I'm going to ask anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Now in, the in your on. own Don't opinion, kill me if I answer wrong. <laughs> in your own opinion, who made the best vampire in film history? Oh gosh, 
gosh, you guys are just hitting it out of the park with like the tough questions. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I personally, I I love an array of of the different versions of vampires. I mean, I love I love the universe of like. Uh, what do you call it? What we do in the shadows. I love the oh, film I love and I love, I love the show. I think they're great. I love lost boys to fright night. And of course, to blood and Bridget, cause she's a vampire. Um, you know, Coppola's vampires. Uh, I don't know. What's the right question? Uh, that was Maybe it. You hit, you hit all of my, you, you ticked <laughs> all my tricks. Oh, so. I have a question. Has she We're seen good. the new AMC interview, the vampire series? And what does she think of it? She has. I haven't. I've been actually, I've been um, meaning where where uh, we kind of watch. Uh, we kind of um, what do you call it? We just like blast through series at a time, so we tr we don't really jump around too much. So right now we're kind of in a in <laughs> like an English mystery. We're watching Beerus. <laughs> so, but that's on our list. So I haven't watched it yet, but I'm excited to, because I, I, I love anything vampires and I, I, you know, like I might not love it, but I, I love supporting it. It's kind of like if any of this gets made, it's like, it's a home run for us, you know, like mm -hmm. the people on genre. Mm -hmm. Oh, so yeah. have you guys watched it without any spoilers? What do you guys think? Without any spoilers, we, we haven't watch seen the it all first the way season. We did we watch the whole first we season? We watched the whole first season. Yeah, I'm yes. hoping we get the second season. There's talk that BBC brought, bought it, so we don't know if we're going to get it this next season, but we'll see. Uh, I, oh, I didn't okay. get to watch all of the Mayfair Witches yet. Um, I've watched some of that. It's, That's fun. I enjoyed what I saw of it, but I haven't finished watching the season yet. So, But I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. It's done well. He Christopher's involved in both, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's, we're staying, huge, he's staying true to his mother's vision. So I like else, yeah, that. We're huge fans of Anne Rice. Obviously. We're huge fans of Anne Rice <laughs> and Stephen King. And <laughs> so, Oh yes. Yes. So you're being in the horror industry. You're probably a little bit jaded when it comes to scary movies, but was there ever a horror movie that really scared you? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't ever say that I'm jaded on anything because I love, I love the industry so much, mm -hmm. and I'm such like just a little fan girl. Well, when I say when I say of, jaded, fan I mean of genre. So I wouldn't. I'm and I'm always I'm I'm always open to a new scare. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm jaded at all. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited and hyped on 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 films. Um, so the question was, if there was ever a movie that really scared me? Uh-huh. Oh, man. I mean, I guess when I was little, it was like Chucky. I thought it was so terrifying. And then when I rewatch it as an adult, I'm like, this is hilarious. Why was I, or, or, or Halloween, why was I so, why was I so terrified? <laughs> like, this is hilarious. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so... <laughs> I mean, I also, I'm also loving, um, like newer horror stuff. Uh, I, I, uh, jump scares scare me a lot. <laughs> Any loud noises scare me. I always, when, if, if you ever watch me watching a movie, I'm always like closing my ears because I'll like feel the tension building for a jump scare, you know, <laughs> I'm really loving, uh, what, what James Wan is doing in like the horror, um, 
with his horrors, you know, like the conjurings, mm-hmm. those universes. Um, I love, I love those. Those are great films. Oh, I agree. For newer horror. Oh, I just remembered. Okay, so it was called the film that I was talking about before was called Barbarian. Have you guys seen that one? No, I no. can't say that we have. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, if you don't know anything about it, going blind. That's where I went into, and um, it was such. I love a twisty, a twisty horror, unexpected, and it's like a. It was like an indie kind of like low, lower budget film, I guess, but it it really swept the box office, and I thought it was great, and I'm a huge fan of it, and I hope that we just based on what I saw, I. I think it really calls for like a prequel and I hope we get something like that or a sequel. (laughs) And my friend Matthew Davis uh, played a really wonderful character in there that actually I'm very jealous of. I I love these kind of, um, without giving anything away, I love, I love creature. I love like uh, these kind of really interesting characters to play. And so I'm very jealous of him. (laughs) I would love to play a character like that, which you guys should watch sometime when you have time, I guess. We'll, we'll definitely give it a watch when we get a minute. Yeah. I've got a list about a mile long right now of things I need to play catch <laughs> well, up with. <laughs> yeah. Put this, put this on the top. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll do that. Definitely. So I'm going to ask you a serious question now. Um, yeah. you, thought the, you thought the vampire question was serious. I got a better one here. What would you say is your purpose in life? What is my purpose in mm-hmm, life? Mm-hmm. She's already told us. Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, besides, you know, besides being a supportive, caring mother to our daughter and wife and family member, I mean, creatively, um, I don't know. I, I know my happy place, like, I feel like my purpose is performing and creating and um the silly things that I do you know the work that I I one day leave behind it you know I hope it inspires somebody <laughs> or brings joy you know mm-hmm. to fans I mean I don't know I guess just is that like a weird thing to say just no no, no. Not and it is, creating it, and, and performing that's 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 mine I, I mean you know like when I'm working on care i mean not to deep dive too much into like the actor's perspective but i i do i like to do building of the character you know Mm -hmm. um i like to create their life their memories in a way um i like to research their you know whatever occupation that is (laughs) i like to i like to just create universes and then also with my performance pieces um my my dance i like i like to research um you know different styles and create and i like to dive into the music when i'm collaborating with my friend morgan sorn i like to I like to dive into his universes that he's created with his operas and his, his music and, uh, you know, just find the heart and soul of that. So I, I guess that's kind of my purpose. I don't know. 
how do people answer this? <laughs> no, you, huge you answer it just <laughs> fine. It is, it is kind of a loaded question, but I mean, you know, it just kind of digs down and makes people think so. <laughs> I mean, be, being a kind person too, I think that's like a purpose, you know, supporting other people. We, uh, the, the main, one of the main focuses of our underground art salon, while it's like very wacky and surreal and crazy and fun and wild. I mean, the, the main thing is getting creatives together so that they can meet each other and collaborate. I, you know, like we've had a lot of people meet um, and go on and work together on different projects because they met on our deck, you know, at our house, at our events. Mm -hmm. um, I like connecting people. I like promoting <coughs> people and their talents. I like showcasing people. I like, you know, talking about how supportive, you know, uh, the people that I work with, I, I work, I, pr on purpose, I work with a lot of, uh, women in genre and, or, or couples in genre, um, like my friend, uh, Sophia Michael Epstein, I work with them a lot, I work with my friend, uh, Sophia Barbara Garza, um, my other friend Chelsea Stardust, uh, Heidi Moore. These are like women who are really, oh, Stacey Lane Wilson. They're really um, doing a lot in the um, indie horror genre right now. And I like lifting them up and, and, you know, so that like they can create with other people. So I, I choose projects based on, on that a lot of the time, you know, <laughs> something that I'm passionate about. Okay. Is helping other other creatives mm -hmm. <laughs> if that leads into that. Well, now speaking of other creatives, um, you've been around famous and infamous people in the industry since since you've been in it. I'm sure. Um, has there ever been somebody that you met that just left you awestruck? Oh man, um, I guess I. Uh, who should I say? I, yeah, you're right. I have met a lot of people. I mean, um, I'm always awestruck, you know, by my family members, you know, uh, Danny and, uh, Bridget, they're, they're always incredible. I'm always, I'm always so in awe of their talent and, and their, their creative resume and just who they are as people as well. They're just so kind and supportive. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, Bodie and Jenner. Um, let's see who I, I love, I'm a huge, huge, huge David Lynch fan. And I've met him a few times and he's, he knows Rick. Um, and at some point I'd love to collaborate with him. That's like kind of a life goal, but, mm -hmm. uh, meeting him, is always super special for me. Um, I don't know. I like your answer though. Yeah, I like your answer. I just love the way David Lynch's mind works. So if I ever had the chance, I'd love to, to have a talk with him sometime. So now let's. Flip, yes, we, let's... We, we've run into him of quite, you know, like he's, he's local. So, so we, we end up running into him. He, actually, I planned a, not to spend too off topic, but I planned a fun uh, surprise birthday party for my husband a few years ago where I had him start with a dinner with his sons, and uh, Bodie and Louie, and, um, and Danny at a restaurant. And 
just so happened that David Lynch was there and I had just like a d different things uh, planned throughout the night. And so I had our friends kidnap him from the restaurant in a gorilla suit and put like a, put a pillowcase over his head and drag him out into the car. <laughs> and David Lynch saw that, <laughs> which was fun. Well, potentially disturbing, so but okay. Being like a fun, silly party. Okay, well, I have to ask, because we are a paranormal podcast, have you yourself ever had a paranormal experience? Hmm. I don't, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I've had, like, a an exact experience. I mean, I feel like I'm very, I'm a very sensitive person. Mm-hmm. And I can feel <laughs> feel things, feel vibes, let's say. Um, but I, I don't know if I've technically had, you know, like chairs haven't been hurled across the room or anything unless it's by me. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, I wish I have. I mean, but I do, I do feel like I've felt different things like felt maybe there's like a presence here or there where like maybe I don't want to go in here alone or maybe I need somebody to walk with me or <laughs> you get that you get that ooey feeling you yes. know I, I get that um yeah yeah now, now have you ever gone to a haunted location or been involved in a paranormal investigation or anything like that before is that something that you would lean toward I mean, not technically. I, I feel like that would be a fun. I, the, the the opportunity hasn't arisen. I, I haven't had that opportunity yet, but that sounds fun. Mm -hmm. Sounds like something I should plan soon. I mean, but I feel like just living in California, that that we're probably things are buried on some ancient burial ground. You know, like things are we're walking around. There's definitely parts of the city that I think are more haunted than others, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I know, I know so, about several so things. In probably the city. Yeah. not on purpose. I've probably ended up, you know, disturbing somebody mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> on accident. <laughs> For sure. Um, so, <clears throat> so um, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you, how can our listeners learn more about the awesome Anastasia Elfman? Ooh, I love this question. Well, um, I would say that we're, um, we're both on myself and my hu husband, Richard, are both on um, social media. So on, on Facebook, we both have Facebook and we're both on Instagram. I'm actually under my stage name, Dahlia DeMont on Instagram. Um, that's my public page and all of our films, uh, like, uh, his film forbidden zone and our films together, uh, bloody Bridget and aliens, cons and geeks and the upcoming forbidden zone too. Like they all have pages on social media. Um, so you could follow us there and we have YouTubes, um, you know, and then we have events coming up. I don't know if I can plug any of those. Is that okay? Feel Perfectly, free. yes. Perfect. Okay, so we've got, um, when this airs, it'll be public. Uh, we have uh, Forbidden Zone screening with a live pre-show in Texas at the Texas Theater on Saturday, October 7th. 
So Ricky and I will be flying down there and doing like a, one of our wild uh, vaudeville-esque pre-shows where, where I perform and Ricky, we both get uh, local talent and uh, we'll do a live performance there and screening Forbidden Zone and there'll be like any uh, kind of like a meet and greet and where we fans can get merch that's not sold anywhere so like just special things like that and then um on october 13th through the 15th we have um famous monsters uh festival going on um so we'll be in philadelphia we'll be screening uh bloody bridget and i'll be doing a live pre-show for that and the meet and greet and doing their con so i'll be signing things and i'm a huge fan of famous monsters from filmland the the magazine and so i was so honored that they came to us to be guests and so it's really special for me to get to go out there and support them so those are two things that I can plug <laughs> right now. Well, that's great. I mean, we're, we're, we're glad to hear you're still doing this stuff. Um, we look forward to everything you do in the future, Anastasia. Um, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for joining us. We very much appreciate you joining us and coming on to talk with us. Definitely. And, of course, if you're yeah. ever interested in coming back, let us know. We'd be happy to have you back on the show. Oh, yes, yes. And thank you for so kindly giving me this uh, invitation and opportunity and platform to just kind of yak about my favorite silly things and get to talk about our projects. That That's always so kind and so helpful, you know, for people in the genre and especially in indie indie mm -hmm. films to get to get the word out for all of that. So thank you. And I've just had the best time and I'd love to come back. Just let me know. We sure will. We sure will. Thank you again. Thank you for coming. All on. right. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much. So there you have it. Our first Hollywood interview. What do you think? I think she was amazing. I think so too. It's very, very personable, very down to earth, very sweet, very supportive of other people in the industry. She's not tearing people down. Not at all. She's not. Yeah, that's great because mm -hmm. I don't know. You hear all these horror stories about how people really are. Mm -hmm. She's not. She's pretty amazing. Definitely, so definitely. Um, I can't. I don't know. Like, what? I no don't words? Know. <laughs> I don't know. No words. My brain's gone. It went bye bye. Well, I found her to be a very personal person and very knowledgeable mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, the industry, um, the horror genre, the genre, the know. indie stuff. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, and I know everybody's probably thinking about the fact that she's an elfman, that she's got this connection to everybody else. But that's I want, she was I, in the industry before she married her husband. Yeah, and I want to make it perfectly clear that's not why we had her on tonight. We had her on because she complained about the uh, the strike and how no no podcasters were asking all these actors for interviews. Mm -hmm. And Waller's like, "We'll interview you." Yeah, and hand, hand goes up. I hand can do it. I, I can, can do it. it yeah. I can do it. And that's why we had her on because she's right. Nobody's, a lot of these actors are not working. They're not, you know, there's no work. There's no work right now. Right, and right. they're being supportive of the writer strike and mm -hmm. everything else. And that's, that's great. But what is great, but mm -hmm. podcasters aren't taking advantage of it. So we did. <laughs> right. 
because we're not scripted. We're not part of the nope, Screen Actors Guild Screen Actors or anything Guild like that. Or the Writers so, Guild or any of that. Yeah, so we, we can do it. And that's I, for them, I'm sure, you know, that'd be something. And, I, you know, I hope I hope that this interview opens up the doors for other people to come to us. If they want to. To be yep. interviewed, to talk. Um, you know, yeah. it doesn't have, if they have stuff they want to talk about, it doesn't have to be questions. If anybody's they listening. They bring up subjects. Yeah, you know? If anybody's listening, we're wide open to anything. You want to get on? And just well, talk, within reason. We're not going to talk about to what, something that happened during your, your day or something like that, you know, that was kind of, kind of interesting or, you know. Um, if you're in the genre, if you're, if you're a writer, if you're, if a, you're writer, a, performer, a performer, not necessarily an actor, but any kind of performer, yeah, you know? we're open to anybody. We are. And you know, we want to hear stories. And if you got any paranormal experience, that's a plus. That's a plus for us. Cause we are a paranormal podcast. And we'd love to hear those stories. Oh yeah. A lot of you guys out there, I'm sure you had some inspiration for what you did. Was it was it a, a haunting? Was it an encounter with a UFO, cryptids, whatever? Mm-hmm. You know, and this and this goes for everybody else too. If not you're just listening, yeah, not just not just the creatives in Hollywood or you know all that people, but if you if you yourself had an experience of some sort, haunting, cryptid, UFO, ghosts, strange events, glitch in the matrix, you name it, contact us. Our message, you know, you can message us at the link at the bottom of the description of this particular podcast on any format you're listening to. You can email us at whatinthepodcast at gmail.com. You can check us out on our Facebook page, uh, the What in the Podcast Facebook group, or talk to each of us on our Facebook pa- our Facebook links, sorry, at Kent Whittington, Adriana Camino, or Tracy Lynn Hernandez. And now you can even check us out on Instagram. We're on Instagram. That's all you. Hey, I do a lot. I, I wear a lot of I hats. continue to be the dinosaur. Yep. But now we're on Instagram. It's it's uh, what underscore the underscore. I'm sorry. Let me back up. I, I could screw that up. It's what underscore in underscore the underscore podcast. Look for that. We'll find our links. And hopefully you enjoy seeing what we do. And are interested enough to come on and talk to us. But until that time, we're going to wrap it up for the night. We hope everybody has a good night. Stay spooky and cue the the gremlin. What in the Podcast is a part of the What in the Podcast Network and is available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other great podcast formats. You can find us on Facebook at the What in the Podcast Facebook group. If you have a great story idea or have a personal paranormal event that you want to share with us, email us at whatinthepodcast at gmail.com with your story, or you can leave us a voice message by clicking the link in the episode description. If you like what you're hearing, please don't forget to leave us a review and rate us five stars. It doesn't seem like much, but it helps us more than you can imagine. What in the Podcast is also made possible thanks to our sponsors and listeners like you. Thanks for listening.